did you or did you not establish that Detective Poole was accurate in his theory of the Biggie Smalls and Tupac Shakur murders? Question. Answer. His theory was accurate that they were related. Question. That they were related? Okay, ultimately, you read Greg Kading's book. Answer. I have not read Mr. Kading's book. Okay. How do you well, interpret that in terms of, to well, me, it seemed like he's just saying his theory's accurate that the murders were related. Well, he's saying Russ Poole's theory. Correct. Yeah. Vilified, deified. It's hard to find anyone apathetic about rapper and actor Tupac Shakur. By the time of his passing, September 13th, 1996, he'd sold millions of records. In death, the prolific musical artist would sell millions more. 27 years ago, it was clear to me how influential Tupac was, and I went in hard in reporting the case and scored a number of exclusives. I was the first journalist to get the now infamous beatdown video at the MGM Grand, the first to get the search warrant affidavit that pointed to Orlando Anderson, and Keefe D for that matter, as being responsible for Tupac's murder. I was also the first and only reporter to get interviews with the original team of Las Vegas Metro investigators. 27 years later, once again, an exclusive. I exclusively interview now retired Las Vegas homicide detective, Brent Becker. Nothing's off the table. I'm Lennon Ozizwe reporting. Tupac's murder was his case. The transcripts, part two. As I read through the grand jury transcripts, I kept wanting to get to the part with Detective Cliff Mogg's testimony. I've spent all these hours for the podcast with one of the original detectives on the case, Brent Becker. So I could not wait to hear from the detective responsible for taking the case to the grand jury. And the Clark County DA's office made me wait, intentionally, no doubt. It was part of their storytelling for the grand jury. Mog's testimony came at the very end. I won't make you wait a moment longer. Well, con continuing on volume six, mm -hmm. Clifford Mog. Okay. You've talked about him a bit before in that you were familiar with him. Yes. Has anything else jogged your memory about any interactions or? No, because I've never talked to him about this case that I recall. If I did, I'd have been a patrol sergeant and happened to be in their office for something, but I don't recall it. Wouldn't that be something you would recall? No? Yeah, yes. I would think so, because at that time, I'm pretty darn sure there was another detective that had the case. He has said himself, because I had difficulty as simple as the question as it was, running it down with LVMPD, he is retired. Yes, he is now. Yeah, absolutely. Officially. And again, that was mentioned several times at the news conference. He talks about something that you told me that I wrote in the Vibe magazine article about Orlando after he was killed, that he got a lot of tips 
for the case, including that the ghost of Tony Spilatro killed Tupac. I'm thinking that was, I'm thinking he was probably going over our tips. I don't think he got that again. Oh, yes. He's he's talking about all the tips that came in. Yeah. So I remember you telling me that as well. And as I said, I wrote about it. But I wanted to get to some of the actual testimony. Okay. And I'm going to be reading straight from the grand jury testimony, uh, the transcript. Question. From the records that you had, was there a belief in law enforcement that maybe those two events, the killing of Tupac and the killing of Biggie Smalls, may have been related? Answer. They believed that people associated with both murders were involved. Okay. Question. At some point, do you review information that there is an investigation initially by LAPD by a detective, Russell Poole, involving the Biggie Smalls, a.k.a. Christopher Wallace murder case? Answer. Yes. Question. And in the course of your investigation, did you learn that he had a theory about what happened without telling us what that theory is? Answer. I did. Okay. Your reaction to that, because I thought it was interesting that he didn't want him to elaborate on the theory. Because it's not relevant to the case. Gotcha. For the grand jury. Now, is a trial? Could that come up? I don't know. It'll be up to the attorneys. So what is your thought overall? I About that line of questioning. They're doing what they needed to do. Remember, everything that was done in that grand jury was done for a purpose. Agreed. But what was the purpose of that when they don't even go into the the actual theory? Uh, You would have to talk to them because I don't know. I'm not I'm not Mark DiGiacomo. I'm not Cliff Mogg. I don't know what they've learned since 2001. So. And did you. I mean, you obviously learned about Russell Poole's theories as well. And the theory basically. That was after the fact, so to speak. Yeah. Well, I mean, after Biggie was shot. Right, right. And Detective Poole, as we established earlier, actually came out to LBMPD. And there's there's some discussions about what you all said or didn't say. Right. But um, he. His basic thesis, my understanding is, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that dirty cops were involved with killing Biggie. From what I understand, I have no you know, direct knowledge, but I, I understood that that's what his feeling was, that there may have been some questionable cops in Los Angeles, actually, I think it was. Right. I think it was specific, but I have no idea where that went. It was interesting that, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm just asking around and I understand you're, you don't have what the prosecutors are working with, but I'm just asking because it's, and again, I met Russell Poole when his family was gracious and prepared dinner for my crew and me. I also have really found over the years that in some quarters, he's kind of been disgrace. He's a disgraced former LAPD officer. Disgraced by who? Well, I mean, 
that, well, that, that would be, that would, and I'm only saying that because depending on who it is saying it, you know, I, well, I wouldn't be surprised if there's people who say I'm disgraced. I don't know. I've well, never heard, I've never heard it, but maybe depending, it's, on, depending on who the other side is, if you're concerned about maybe something you took you know, part maybe in or whatever, you'd do that. A name I'm about to mention might give you some clarity, okay. but it, it really has seemed to me that there's almost an East Coast, West Coast vibe to some of the content creators, somebody, some of the people in the space who apparently don't like the fact that I've done a podcast even. So, you know, yeah. I might be considered disgraced, who knows? But um, I'm just saying there just, there just really seemed to be a very strong sentiment when I was doing research, really poo-pooing Russell Poole, you know, who was a Los, uh, Los Angeles detective. Right. And I see sort of, again, listening to the streets, I see more of an acknowledgement and more of a, we need to really question again. Maybe he got more things right than wrong. But that was the overall vibe I had in initially doing the research for the podcast is that there were a lot of people who were saying negative things. And I've seen some of those people step back and say, not so fast. So that's my yeah. issue. Yeah. The the next person, the, the next excerpt that I'd like to read and get your response involves somebody named Greg Kading, who we've discussed. <laughs> okay. And I will say that I'm aware, speaking of disgraced, I'm aware of very nasty, and I've never said him by name. I just have called him number two, but I'm aware of very negative comments he said about me including that I would be afraid to interview him. Uh, I interviewed Suge Knight, y'all. Uh, so perhaps I've been disgraced by him, or I am disgraced, but whatevs. But again, he was somebody involved with a task force assigned by LAPD to investigate Biggie's murder after Valletta Wallace, Biggie's mother, sued for... Uh, you know, the the amount could have been as much as half a billion dollars because yeah. she believed also that dirty cops were involved in the murder of her son. So from the uh, uh, grand jury transcript, did you also look at Greg Kading's when you said you did collaborate? Did you or did you not establish that Detective Poole was accurate in his theory of the Biggie Smalls and Tupac murders? Question. Answer, his theory was accurate that they were related. And that's a very, um, very careful answer. Because again, as we've discussed, I'm, I'm not quoting mm -hmm. now, but part of Russell Poole's theory was about dirty cops being involved in Biggie's murder. So, okay, but is the accurate and they were related, meaning dirty cops are related between Tupac and my understanding from reading this, and I'll I'll read through it again without well, stopping, no, yeah. is that he's saying accurate that the two murders were related, oh, okay. not accurate well, from the theory. That's I, my reading of it. But let I me let me be, be really specific. Yeah. You, you, you know, I'll I'll read it again and you tell me what you think. 
Did you also look at Greg Cadings when you say you did corroborate? Did you or did you not establish that Detective Poole was accurate in his theory of the Biggie Smalls and Tupac Shakur murders? Question. Answer. His theory was accurate that they were related. Question. That they were related? Okay, ultimately, you read Greg Cadings' book. Answer. I have not read Mr. Cadings' book. Okay. How do you well, interpret that in terms of, to well, me, it seemed like he's just saying his theory is accurate that the murders were related. Well, he's saying Russ Poole's theory. Correct. Yeah. Well, I don't know what Greg Cadings, I haven't read any of his books or anything. So I don't know what he's saying with that. As far as Russ Poole, I don't know what all of his theories were. Because remember, he was working the Biggie case. Nobody came to us to specifically say there was a direct correlation between the two cases. Do I think the shooting in LA with Biggie Smalls has some sort of ties or relation to what happened in Vegas? Sure. What are those ties? Prove it. That's all I got to say. Okay, but I I just want to be clear that my... I mean, do you think I'm off in my interpretation? No, in that no. I think Mog is specifically saying, he's not saying anything about the theories, but saying his theory was correct that they were related, but not about the contents of his theories, you know, in terms and of- And you'd, you'd have to ask Cliff. I mean, I can sit here and speculate what he says. I, I don't know I just, what's going, yeah, I don't know what's going on through his head. But I get what he's saying in the sense, and this may come into whatever they've learned since 2001 and from the search warrant. Because, you know, you or I, or at least I don't have a clue, you know. Ditto. I, I mean, I have yeah. some speculation. Well, and but speculation, that's great. It's like, what if? You know, agreed, agreed. I'm just saying, I, I just, I, I think Cliff answered it the best way he could. But uh, he could have said, and again, I'm not, <laughs> he I'm, not said, yeah, okay. he, he, I'm just saying it's a possibility that he said, he could have said, I don't believe the theory that dirty cops were involved. I don't believe that theory. So that's that's all I'm saying. I understand where you're coming but from. But why should he say that? Why, If he doesn't have to say it, if that's what he wanted to say, he might have had something else to say. He's answering the question. And remember, if you can answer question yes or no, that's the best way to answer it without can, going into details. <laughs> I can dig it. All, all I will say in closing out from that is that yeah. It's. I think it's a very intriguing response. Well, sure. People are going to use that and then they'll use it to whatever they're looking at. But this is the grand jury. This is only one small step in the whole process. Let's see what happens. I can dig it. And they got a true bill. So yeah. what they did was effective. I'm just analyzing everything. I mean, that's the purpose of these podcast episodes. No, I I, I get that. And, you know, (sighs) 
at this point, my thought is let's just wait and see what happens because I could sit here and speculate up and down everything and I'm not going to do that because there might be a speculation I have that could become an issue and I don't want to do that. I, okay, I, I yeah. got you. I yeah. got you. Okay, that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. I, why, why muddy the waters are already more than they are 27 years later? Okay, uh, pardon, but I'm a reporter, so... I know, no, no, I'm not, I'm not against you for this. I'm just I know, answering I know. the question the best I can. I can dig it. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a few more if I okay. may. And this one may well we'll just go for it. Question Who is Orlando Anderson? Okay. Answer. Orlando Anderson was a person who became a target of the investigation. Yeah, I remember he used the word target. The, yeah, yeah. You're not gonna let me finish the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, I'll just do it again. <clears throat> Who's Orlando Anderson? Question. Answer. Orlando Anderson was a person who became a target of the investigation by Detective Becker and Detective Frank Franks. Okay. Early in their investigation, they identified him by name. So you're making a distinction by saying target would be the same thing as person of interest to you, not suspect. Is that, well, is that what you're saying? To me, to me, when you say he's a target. Yeah, I don't. He's not saying he did it. He's they're looking at him, which that's true. We were okay then, and that that's a, again that, the time. that's a, and he's he answered to me. He answered it very well. You know, he's he's saying, yeah, they were looking at him. He's not saying they had evidence or didn't have evidence. They're just saying he was a target of their investigation. Yeah. Another thing that struck me is that, and again, this is orchestrated by the prosecution, and they got their what, what they wanted in the end. So it was effective. What they did was effective. They had Detective Mogg read extensively from Keefe's book. In other words, from afar, Keefe was snitching on himself in front of the grand jurors, in a sense. One of the things that he read was talking about Keefe saying that he saw Suge the night before and there was no beef between them. Had you ever heard that before? Beef between Keefe and Suge? Keefe and Suge, they, they... Yeah, I had never heard any, I had never heard any previous beef. But no, I, I'll, I'll try to be more specific if I'm not okay. very clear. The night before Tupac, okay. Keefe writes that he ran into Suge. They were cool. No beef. Okay. So I guess the point is, and I'm perhaps extrapolating, although I, I have heard a bit about this. But the point is that they were cool the night before. Right. So why all of a sudden do they go off the next night when when the chain had been snatched? You know, everything was the same. And the I don't. Before. Yeah, I don't think the chain is the central focus of the overall picture of the shooting. 
I think the chain, if you want to believe everybody, had to do with Tupac going after Orlando at the MGM. I think that I think the beat down at the MGM has more relation to the shooting than the chain. But allegedly Trey or Trayvon whispered in Tupac's ear chain. So that was the triggering. Correct. For the beat for for what happened at the MGM, yes. Right. So okay, I'll read it now. Now, as far as Suge and Keefe D, well. We were pretty convinced they knew each other, but there was nothing to say that there was an ongoing beef between the two. So whatever he's saying about the night before really doesn't, to me, doesn't mean anything. Well, it's, and apparently it's not even clear that it actually happened. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But if it did happen, what triggered the thing in my mind is what happened at the MGM. So whatever happened the day before, they could have been freaking having dinner together with you know i don't know but another this is a passage detective mog read from the book so this is keefe i don't know why las vegas police didn't check tupac's hands for powder burns to see if he was shooting because the car we were in was shot the f up i don't understand why people like act like tupac was an angel Right. The N-word had busted up some off-duty cops in Atlanta a few years earlier. Okay. So So what's my thought on that? Powder burns, and you really talked about it. It would have been CSI. Yeah, and if if Davis's car got shot up, it wasn't shot up when Tupac was shot. I'm convinced of that. If something happened on Colval Lane, and we've always said, we've heard that, but there was nothing to, no evidence related to that. Gotcha. Now, I also look at it as, I've been telling this story and I ought to throw something in here to give me some self-defense. Quite because possible. because because <laughs> Davis has been saying a lot of stuff that I just don't get it. Why would you say this? Well, I mean, there was a thought that he had cancer. Right, I remember the, that. The thought that he was looking to get paid, looking for bag. So, really, who knows? And I think. From my understanding, there might have been a certain amount of resentment that Kading was making money off his, uh, you know, confession. So right. I don't know. I don't know the mentality. So another another excerpt from the transcript. More questions of Mog. Question. And in the course of your investigation, there have been portions of some sort of recording that was taken in California by California law enforcement and or federal agents as part of a California task force. Is that correct? Answer, there was. Question, have you ever received a full copy of the recording that allegedly occurs in LA somewhere between 2006 and 2009? 
answer. I have not. Your reaction to that? It's not a surprise. We, since since you've enlightened me into this whole thing since I left, there's a lot of things that have apparently not been shared. And, but and as far as the feds. All I can say about the feds is I know that the one time when we were in LA and we talked to a fed, they said they had been investigating death row for three years, which and, was, which isn't a surprise. Right. And Keefe at some point says how smart the feds are and how not as smart Las Vegas Metro is. Whatever. That's, that's Keefe's opinion. So Keefe's allowed to have that. <laughs> Indeed. But in terms of jurisdictional issues, keeping that tape, could LAPD prosecute using that proper tape? That doesn't... Prosecute for what? Well, if this crime has been solved and there's mm -hmm. a tape of a confession... But You're talking about prosecuting the Tupac killing? Well, the confession is of the Tupac killing. Okay. To, to prosecute the Tupac killing, it's got to be prosecuted in Las Vegas. So that's my question where, and I guess it's the prosecutor's question, is how come, and, and to me, this was the detective last on the case saying that he never, other than snippets online, he never got a full copy of the recording. Is that surprising to you? No, because I think Greg Cading has said he didn't share anything. Uh, it was my understanding that he didn't share it at the time because he thought, and I'm paraphrasing right. here, that Las Vegas would screw things up. <clears throat> right. Now, as far as but a federal thing, a years. as far as a federal thing, was Greg Cading in a federal task force? That was my understanding that there okay. were participants. Who now, were the feds can prosecute for different crimes. Were the feds going to prosecute? I don't. I don't know. It's just like I've worked. I worked a murder before where it involved an old organized crime figure, and the feds had an ongoing investigation. And it ended up getting prosecuted in federal court, not state court. But that's because there was a lot of things going on that we know we would have never gotten state court because they wouldn't yeah. have shared. They wouldn't have shared the information. So, what? is there information that the feds had that they didn't share? I don't doubt it. I can't prove it, but I don't doubt it. But I'm talking about an instance where. Okay, those are the feds, but the case files from the task force investigation and from LVMPD were taken home after he retired, Kading. Well, that's Kading. But what I'm not quite understanding, because actually that was a shocker to me. It wasn't to you at all? Yes and no. Uh I was I've, shocked. I've, I've heard of other people taking stuff because they're going to use it to their benefit later on. And unfortunately, to their financial benefit. Uh, but 
what I, I, was I can only speak for myself. Right. But I was shocked to hear that, you know, with with the books and the TV series and, sure. you know, the book plur, uh, singular, the book, the TV series, documentary, that at some point the raw audio didn't get to LVMPD. Because I, as I said, I, I my my understanding was it was because they would screw up the investigation. And again, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. the investigation, wasn't it his investigation? He was taken off of it. You know, the yeah. task force shut down. I'm only going by what I've heard now. That was actually this, that was if, one of the shockers. If this, goes to, if this goes to trial, I would think anything that he's recorded would be relevant. I would think anything that is recorded by anybody podcast shows or anything it would be relevant it's a matter of if you can get it you know and that's going to be up to the attorneys in the court yeah but i will say through reading the grand jury transcript that was one of the most shocking things to me and it's it's a detective well uh, yeah it is and it's interesting. I don't know what the feds do today. I know at one point they weren't recording statements. Yes, I heard that too. You know, I know that for a fact, but I don't know what they do today. You know, I'm talking back in the mid nineties, they weren't recording statements. I don't know. And if they were, they weren't telling anybody. Gotcha. <clears throat> Now, this is another direct quote from the grand jury transcript, and it's about the search warrant executed at Keefe's home okay. in Henderson, Nevada. Question. In addition, were you looking to see if, and this is, again, Cliff Mogg. Cliff Mogg, right. but this is uh, talking about the, the search warrant to in Henderson of Keefe's home. In addition, were you looking to see if there were evidence, it says were, not was, evidence of remuneration or financial payment for his claims of being responsible for the death of Tupac Shakur? Answer, that was one of the things we were going to look for also. I just ask a question about that and that we know about newspaper articles, book, apparently even Kading's book, were all seized in the search warrant. Why would they want to look for this well did he get financial gain for telling his story why is that significant well it's like anything it's just like when you go to court and they have a jailhouse snitch or someone testifies says are you receiving payment for your testimony are you receiving a deal for your existing case it's just it's just a question and they, they're ahead of the game on it. That's all. So it's kind of like impeaching, because it would almost potentially be impeaching um, evidence. It could impeach. Well, I don't know what their intention is. Sure. I'm just saying you you might as well get it out there up front. I mean, understood. Another if, thing that if there's something that could come out that you can address now and lessen the damage or whatever, you're going to do it. I, I get that. But I'm not saying this is going to damage it. I'm just saying that that's, they, they were looking for that because I would think if he wrote a book, he got some sort of payment for it. 
Right. And also payment for interviews. Right. Right. As well. So I, and I just was trying to put it together. I also was surprised, and I don't know if you were, that Mob talks about search warrants related to not only 1996, and I was the first one to get that search warrant affidavit, but also 97 and 98. But I guess if you're a gangster and you identify yourself as such, that's not unusual. But were you aware of those? Because you were working the case then. What were the search warrants? I For Keefe. Keefe as far as? A different, it doesn't really go into detail. Because but could, some of it, could some of it be related to his federal charges back then? Possibly, but they were looking for receipts like in Las Vegas and, you know. Well, they're they was... probably looking for hotel receipts. Right. And that probably, I don't know. I don't recall anything like that from Any our additional... end. Okay. Yeah, I don't recall anything like that. And if there was, it, again, we fall into the thing of, well, again, we didn't share some news that you might have had that might have been important. Pardon? Someone didn't share some information they might have had that might have been important for us. So I was just curious because apparently in a book, Keefe talks about staying at Caesars and receipts show otherwise and even orlando was staying i guess at the excalibur and yeah and i think didn't he call the caesars the new caesars yes now i realized new caesars palace has had facelifts before but it was certainly wasn't a new place yeah i remember going there once and buy buying a oh gosh a designer muffler uh and it, it, it had been renovated, but I was looking up, I was trying to look for the renovations and it didn't seem to cover the time that I was there that, that yeah. was in that. I, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of things that I'm sure Keefe said in his book that people will talk about later on. Another excerpt, a question. Mr. Davis told some Los Angeles or people in California associated with law enforcement about his involvement and didn't get prosecuted for this crime, correct? Answer, that's correct. Question, but Metro, which Las Vegas Metro, the jurisdiction that has authority over the investigation never received whatever that information is, nor as far as you know, nobody has ever from Las Vegas ever provided Mr. Davis any sort of immunity from prosecution, correct? Answer, they have not. That was another stunning moment. Well, as far as Las Vegas, we know, no, he's never been offered anything. As far as Los Angeles, I, I'm guessing who they're talking about. And he's freely, admitted, yeah, he's freely admitted he didn't share anything, so. I'm sure he'll get his chance. <laughs> well, that's the last quote. <clears throat> I would love to just get your overall. I mean, those are the things that struck me. Is there anything else that struck you that I haven't asked you about? Or do you think I'm totally nuts by the things I was struck by? No, no. You're, you're looking at it, and I, I get it, the way you're looking at it. I'm just sitting here waiting to see 
how the whole thing plays out because it's still early on. I have no idea where it's going to proceed. I, again, I haven't talked to anybody directly related to this case. I don't anticipate it anytime soon. Uh, the, the whole subject matter of the grand jury is more up towards the recent stuff. And because, like I said, Keithy, Keithy D. Davis, he did all the talking well after I was involved with it. So, right. And it's something that we did discuss on the podcast uh, earlier. But it's just, I mean, when we were recording those podcast episodes, I could have never really imagined. I mean, it seemed, I mean, we both said, come on, why isn't he arrested? But to see it actually happen, but to also hear potential defenses. I, I thought the guest in the, from the last episode talking about rap and how there's an exaggeration in rap songs. So there could be an exaggeration in this book and there his could, confessions. There could be anything. And that's where people are going to have to address all that. Indeed. Well, I, is there anything else you'd like to add? I know I've asked you 2 million questions, but. No, the one thing that I remember where Davis made a comment about the girls being on the same street they were driving down and they turned off because he said they got hit by gunfire, meaning the convertible got hit by gunfire. I don't remember that. And you and think, I, and I, you think and the that, witness would remember that. And I don't remember the witness saying anything about it either. So yeah. that just that just re brings up some things, you know, again, more questions. Well, if she can remember she was wearing Gucci and Versace, I suspect she'd remember if there well, was some sitting bullets on a, flying. She's sitting on a dirty sidewalk gutter. She probably is going to remember. <laughs> right. But I'm saying she would also remember bullets flying. I would think so. So that's my point. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Uh, it's been a trip. Quote, when they can't disprove your facts, then they just personally attack you. End quote. You'll never guess who said that during a YouTube segment via Street TV's channel. It's the man who's personally attacked me for the simple reason I asked Brent Becker about his claims of solving both the murders of Tupac and Biggie. A dear listener alerted me to the character assassination, which I'm sure is just a fraction of it all, almost two years ago. And I came to the conclusion that his conclusions are not to be questioned. I'm talking about retired LAPD detective Greg Caney. When I first began researching my podcast and became aware of his claims of solving Tupac and Biggie's murder, I contacted him. While for years he said quite a bit about what he describes as the failures of LVMPD, I wanted to give him an opportunity to respond to my interviews with Brent. The first attempt to record an interview was a fail because the podcasting app I was using was not compatible with his iPad. 
he ghosted me when I attempted to set something up subsequently. When I sent him an email about the death of Tim Brennan, crickets, but I did see he later listed that information on his social media. In the meantime, the only souvenirs I have of our time together are some emails and screenshots, the receipts of him questioning my intelligence and more. What was that again about personal attacks? And I'll stop here. As a black woman, I'm used to such put downs. Ain't my first rodeo. I would much rather spend time with loved ones than wasting time or thinking or even talking about what I describe as neo mean girls. Now speaking directly to you, Kating, while you chastised me during our first phone conversation for passing along in one of my stories, information that I got from a source, information that I even questioned the veracity, but you may want to check and see how much you've relied on that very same source. Just saying. Not only have you called me stupid, you've said that I'm afraid to interview you. Who ghosted who? And to get this straight, I'm a scared to interview you, but not should Knight. Okay. I know you've said more. My Dr. Mama would not approve of me saying anything about you. She's the one who always says, let the dogs bark. But I couldn't help it. And I'm name checking you now. I'm not going to name check him today. But if you ask, I will. Because in some way, I think that's kind of what he wants. Another one who has access to the LVMPD files, who says he's a truth teller, yet he's lied on me. Libel, actually saying I took information from him for my podcast. Again, I don't do fiction. In individual one, you also said that I contacted you to get Brent Becker's contact info. Someone I've been in contact with for almost 30 years, and I had no idea who you were until I started researching the podcast. And you already heard all this directly from Brent, that this was a fake claim. In some fabulous alternate world, if it were true what you say, tell me how come you've not had hours of interviews with Brent Becker as I have. Also, if it's true what you say, why wasn't Lil Half Dead called to testify before the grand jury? I have an idea about that. Fortunately, dealing with mean girls in seventh grade has helped me deal with both of you. And a message to you both, keep trash talking if it makes you feel more gangster, taller, smarter, like more of a suburban shot caller, go for it. And this, this is for Kating only. If you have a few moments, if you're so concerned about this case, why not send the unedited version of Keefe's confession to LVMPD? Because with all your self-described skills, unless I'm too stupid to comprehend the criminal justice system, even you can't put Keefe on trial. LVMPD and the Clark County DA can. Perhaps I was too afraid of you to make the suggestion sooner. I look forward to your response. And don't forget, who said it? When you can't disprove your facts, 
Then they just personally attack you. I'm Lena Nozizwe reporting. Tupac's murder was his case. Reported, hosted, the music, art, and all that stuff was created by moi. Special thanks to Lowell T.C. Woundla, the creative director emeritus. For extra content, go to TupacMurderPodcast.com. Coming up next, I can't say. This week, looking forward to seeing what goes down at the arraignment, the scheduled arraignment anyway. No matter, I'll be back. Take one. You've been listening to Leonard Azizwe reporting. Tupac's murder was his case. An Azizwe T. original. All rights reserved.